Yeah, and they're all busting his chops, and he just finally goes, eat shit, eat shit, <laughs> you eat shit, eat shit, and then this big fight breaks out, and all you can hear in the background uh, is Michael Shannon scream, I'm not eating one iota of shit, and I'm like, are you serious? You have to get that in. Yeah, I'm just like, this is amazing. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. This is our arbitration series, where we examine the facts of two similar movies and decide which one did it better. I'm your host, J.J. Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And the movies in question today, guys, are Murder on the Orient Express and Knives Out. So as you can see, today's arbitration has us literally on the case. Without a doubt. Super excited for both these movies. It's kind of different than what we've done in the past. We're going the detective kind of clue, suspicious, suspense type route, and a little bit of comedy in there as well. Should be good. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to take a look at the whodunits and figure out who done it better. Mm-hmm. So basically, guys, what we're going to do is our decisions this time will be based on four topics, and that'll be the detectives, the suspects, the big reveal, and the moral dilemma. Dun, dun. I love it. Need the soundtrack, right? That's why we should have included that in there. (laughs) So let's first introduce both these movies. Knives Out was released in 2019. It was written and directed by Ryan Johnson, Harlan Thrombey. The patriarch of an eccentric, combative family, his death is being investigated by the celebrated detective Benoit Blanc. Quite the interesting character. Should note that Thromby is the celebrated kind of murdery mystery novelist himself. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. He's a famous for writing the whodunits. Yes. Which is... A, whodunit on whodunit. This, this movie is... That movie is <laughs> such a meta movie throughout the whole thing. It's great. All right, the second one, Murder on the Orient Express. It was released in 2017. It was directed by Kenneth Branagh, based on the novel by Agatha Agatha Christie. It's an eclectic group of passengers, including the famous Hercule Poirot. These detectives have the worst names ever. What a name. Should be noted, this is the remake. Yes. Which I can't, I mean, I got to be honest, I haven't seen the original. I feel like I need to do that. You should. It's interesting. I liked it. it. I saw it when I was a kid. Because I loved mm-hmm. whodunits when I was a kid. So I did see it when I was a little kid. I'm going to commit to that audience. Yeah. it's uh, It's got, oh, I can't think of his name now. James Bond's in it. The, the, the James Bond. What is his name? Oh, I should know his name too. We're going to edit this Scottish out, aren't we? Because probably. our audience needs to know we know all movies. <laughs> <laughs> My expertise is being called into question right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll think of it in the middle of this podcast. Is it somewhere. Sean Connery? Yes, Sean Connery's in yeah, it. That's, I wasn't yeah. sure if... It, to me, he's the consensus Bond. So. Absolutely, absolutely. You can keep this in. No editing out. No, no, I'll cut. <laughs> no cutting anymore. Now that we remember. All right. So let's talk about these detectives again. We have two. We have Hercule Poirot, who's played by Kenneth Branagh himself, writer and director of this movie, and then we have also Benoit Blanc, played by another James Bond, Daniel Craig. I'm interested to hear what you think, Matson. Tell me about these detectives. What are your thoughts? Oh man. I mean, I got to be honest, I, I love Daniel Craig's character with, without a doubt. I mean, his accent for one, we've all seen him in what he's notorious for in the James Bond movies. So that alone, when you hear that, you're just like, wait, 
is this serious or like is this kind of an accent of him in real life? I mean, that alone just you, dives you right into the character, but it's almost comical in a sense. But that it, for me, I think it feels right in the movie be- mm-hmm. because of what happens in the story. But he's just so different than the detective in Murder on the Orient Express with Perwali. He's the other detective. He's much more serious and romantic and thoughtful and really immediately considers the moral dilemmas that we're, we're going to dive into later. Whereas Daniel Craig's character just seems more what you see is what you get. And he's just more fun. And yeah. I found my, myself resonating more with the kind of the aloof nature of Knives Out compared to the the haughty weightiness of what Murder on the Orient Express wants you to reflect on. And I feel like the two detectives really juxtapose what the movies are trying to portray in their characters. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I I love both of them, which I was really surprised by. You're exactly right about the accent with Daniel Craig. Like the first time he talks, you're you're like, "Wait, what?" That doesn't seem to fit. But then by the end of it, like I watched, I saw him on TV and he was doing an interview and his British accent comes rolling out. And I'm like, that's not Daniel Craig. Because now all I can see him at, at least for the foreseeable future, is Benoit Blanc. So I really enjoyed these two. They both had their, their moments of comedy. I do like the definite split between their two personalities. Like you said, it really stuck with me that Poirot is this outspoken, speaks his mind all the time, not afraid to offend someone. He mm-hmm. has some quote where he's like, stop talking, you're waking it worse. <laughs> and I just absolutely love that. And he has those moments where he's just funny. Poirot, it comes off as, he's very blunt. There's a scene yeah. where he sits down with uh, Johnny Depp's character, uh, Mr. Ratchet, uh-huh. and it's the dessert scene. Mm-hmm. And he's reading, and Mr. Ratchet obviously just invites himself to sit down because he's like, "Well, please do if it makes you feel comfortable." And obviously, he doesn't—he just doesn't care. But he's like, "Well, it's going to happen." And then he proposes, "Hey, be my bodyguard, look out for me," kind of thing. And he's like, "Oh, okay, sounds good." And, and Mr. Ratchet's like, "All right, this is a done deal." And he's like, uh, "No," and he's like, "Wait, what?" Like, and he's just so blunt, yeah. And just, to the point where, and then you take Daniel Craig's character, he's just so, the way he is thinking about what's happening with the case, and we go with, when they're trying to kind of piece things together from getting the tape in the security tape with the car to walking in the woods, and then he's all of a sudden realizing, hey, there's there's footprints here, and he's like, <laughs> where Perot would have been like, on it and where Bonk is kind of figuring out as it goes and I, one of my favorite quotes he talks about is the donut hole it's oh, a donut yeah. hole within a donut <laughs> hole within <laughs> a donut or, and you're like you're like this is the greatest stupidest analogy ever but it fits his character so well where mm-hmm. he is clearly smart and piecing it together but he just does it in such a way that is relatable to me where kind of Brandon's character is so much like grander and more than I could ever hope to be. Yeah. I mean, just by the nature of his mustache. Oh, he sleeps yeah. with the, the <laughs> mustache the thing. And so it's those little nuances where I think both shows do a great job fixating on what makes the characters unique and, and fun or dramatic in their natures. And I think it's carried, they to me, they carry their characters throughout the film. They don't, I don't feel like there's a lot of deviation from when they present yeah. at the beginning to the end. So I wrote down a quote from each one of them that really kind of defined their characters for me. So I'll share them with you. So with Poirot, he says, I can only see the world as it should be. And when it is not, the imperfections stand out mm. like the nose in the middle of a face. It makes most of life unbearable, but in the, it's useful in the detection of crime. Whatever people say, there's right and wrong and there's nothing in between. And I went, he lives that until maybe the end, which there might be some discussion around that. But um, so I love that quote for him. 
Perot definitely notices the imperfections because it, it's juxtaposed in the egg scenes, the multiple oh, egg yeah. scenes where he measures it, and you just know who else is gonna do it. Just <laughs> eat the mother effing egg. Yeah. But so I think that quote exemplifies just the he even to the the smallest minute details, the mm-hmm. man cares. Oh, absolutely. For Blanc, this one he it's when he's out on the porch with Marta, and he says Harlan's detectives they dig, talking about his the ones he authors. He says they rifle and root truffle pigs. I anticipate the terminus of gravity's rainbow. It's a novel. No one's read it, but I like the title. It describes the path of a projectile determined by natural law. Ah, voila, my method. And then he goes on to talk about the fact that he just observes facts without bias. And then he lets the truth come to him, Mm -hmm. which is also, just like you said, you referenced that mud. He has not a care in the world. He's just kind of looking around going, where's the truth in everything? Yep. And then he realized, because to me, it was like, oh, he's got these detectives. They're going to want to see these mud tracks. Yep. So I should stop and get it. I really enjoyed that, the two. So those are the two quotes that really sum them up for me. I think in Murder on the Orient Express, we get we certainly get a better backstory to who Perot is based mm-hmm. off. They right away just, they build, hey, he solved this other amazing case. He's been solving cases for a long time. And they give us physical proof of that because we see it happen and we see kind of his demeanor, how he carries himself when that police chief is running around. Then he sticks his cane in the wall and he runs into it. And to him, he's like, this guy's an idiot. I've solved the crime. Let's move on. Let me relax. Let me be me. But then um, with Daniel Craig's character with LeBlanc, we know that he solved some case that was written in like the New York Times. The yeah. family references that. But we don't know how grand was it. How I mean, obviously it made the New York Times. So it must have been. So we know he was important. But yeah. He kind of just is dropped in where Perot, you, you definitely, you you know, when the movie makes you know, this guy is legit. And yeah. he even says, he's like, I'm probably the best detective that's ever lived. Yeah. And that's what he's so cocky to that point. And where the block would never say something like that. He's just like, I'm a humble person. I live in an apartment. Someone showed me a, or sent me a wad of cash and I'm here. Yeah. And where Perot, you'd have to, it'd have to be something grand for him to take it on. And so I think the movie it really shows both then that I think that's my last talking point is we know a lot about these detectives. Last question on the detectives. Would you say one's better than the other? Did you enjoy one? How would you rate well, the detectives overall? I mean, overall, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Knives Out just because mm-hmm. LeBlanc's character was more fun to me, more relatable just because I could see myself enjoying being on a murder mystery with him, being in a car with him where Perot just comes up as more high-maintenance diva, and I, I just don't see myself resonating as much. But I have to be honest, I do think he was more of the master detective, and sure. the movie paints him in that way. But for me, LeBlanc is more fun. I, I had a thought that I was like, I don't know that I could put one over the other for me, but I would love to see them in the same room together. <laughs> like I had that thought today. I was like, I wonder what those two would be like interacting with each other, because that would be funny. <laughs> I think they get into a fight real quick. Oh, Absolutely. All right, so let's talk then about the suspects. It's a laundry list for both, so we'll go quick. For Murder on the Orient Express, these are all characters that seemingly aren't tied together when you first start watching the movie, but you have Caroline Hubbard, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, Natalia Dragomiroff, played by Dame Judi Dench, uh, Masterman, who's the valet, uh, Derek Jacoby, Hector McQueen, played by Josh Gad, Pilar Estravados, played by Penelope Cruz, Mon- I'm going to screw this name up. Marquez. <laughs> just go with Marquez. Played by Manuel Garcia Rufo. And then Hildegard Schmidt, Olivia Coleman, Gerhard Hardman, Willem Dafoe, Mary Debenham, Daisy Ridley, Dr. Arbuthnot, 
Leslie Odom Jr. The Count and Countess Andrenia uh, is Lucy Boynton and Sergei Pulinin. And then finally, Pierre Michel, who's played by Marwin Kinzari. Ridiculous cast. Unbelievable acting, which we'll talk about in a second. And then if we switch over to Knives Out, also an all-star cast. Uh, Marta Cabrera, played by Anna de Armas. Uh, Ransom Drysdale, Chris Evans. Linda Drysdale, Jamie Lee Curtis. Richard Drysdale, Don Johnson. Walt Thromby, Michael Shannon. Donna Thromby, Ricky Lindholm. Jacob Thromby, Jaden Martell. Joni Thromby, Tony Collette. Meg Thromby, Catherine Langford. And finally, Fran Edie Patterson. That's a list. I want your gut reaction right now. If you're, which cast do you do you like more? For this one, the cast for me is Knives Out. the The stark contrast between these movies, just to kind of go backwards a little bit, is Knives Out. I actually enjoyed the cast as much at times more than I liked even Blanc's character. With Murder on the Orient Express, I couldn't take my eyes off Kenneth Branagh at all. And while the cast is amazing and the acting's unbelievable and they play believable characters, they lead you into this story. He made that movie for me. He's the star. Whereas for Knives Out, like I love all of the actors in it and all the characters they play. And this family is just so dysfunctionally <laughs> functional that it's just beautiful. I would say on all accounts, I agree with you where Murder on the Orient Express has a phenomenal cast and the acting is superb. The the supporting cast are the suspects. You only see them in the light that Perot or Kenneth Branagh interacts with them because he is investigating them. That's how we're introduced to most of them, not all of them, though, like mm-hmm. the doctor and his his crush. Beyond that, pretty much everyone else comes in after this happens, except like Mr. Ratchet as well. And to me, their, their range of what they're able to act for, their place in the story is to serve hey, I'm interviewing you. Did you do this or did you not do this? And we don't get a lot more from them. Mm-hmm. But in those pieces that they give us, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, like Willem Dafoe's character, oh. I mean, when he tries to, to be the cop and then his, it says he's been a private investigator for a long time, but then uh, Pearl notices his gun and all those things. Just the, the subtle nuances and how uh, Willem Dafoe acts within that. He's one of my favorite oh. actors of all time. But what I'm trying to say real simply is, they do a lot with a little, where Knives Out is really the opposite for me. A character like Ransom with Chris Evans, I mean, he really makes the movie for me. And we get to know him later on in the movie, but we get to know him quite well. We get to know Marta, obviously, very well. And then the members of the family, like you brought up, there's so many interactions and pieces that we get from them throughout the movie, where it's not just like two or three minutes over the entire movie where they come and go. They're there throughout it, and they're they, to me, make the movie where, like you said with Kenneth Branagh, he is the movie, mm-hmm. where in Knives Out, it's a supporting cast. And without them, the movie wouldn't mean as much to me because their dysfunction is incredible. I think one of my favorite scenes in all of Knives Out, so the part where they're all gathered together and Ransom shows up for the will reading. Oh, man. He's just, and he's just, sitting he's there, just chilling back. Yeah, and they're all busting his chops. And he just finally goes, eat shit, eat shit, <laughs> you eat shit eat shit and then this big fight breaks out and all you can hear in the background is michael shannon scream i'm not eating one iota of shit and i'm like are you serious? you had to get that in yeah i'm just like this is amazing that uh, fight's great but I they even taking that further when they go into the room to hear the reading of the will and you know why ransom then is, is saying all that because he's like and then we having watched the movie a couple times you know really why he is yeah. because he's like you're all screwed you're all about to be pissed yep. and he's just like whatever he's only there for the pleasure of watching these people melt down uh, so i think both both movies the acting i don't 
I don't have any problems with either of the, uh, the suspects, the detectives. I thought both, I mean, they should be. They're all star casts. They definitely had, they paid for the actors that they wanted. But the, this is, to me, both of them are kind of the who's who of of kind of detective movies. And these people were like, you know what, this is interesting, interesting characters. Let's get on on this. Definitely would say that the acting is superb on both ends. I agree. And even like the bit parts, like so the detectives in Knives Out that are with <laughs> like the actual police officers, the one guy that knows all the movies and oh the TV my gosh, shows. That guy's a books. goober. He's so funny. Like when he shushes the other guy when they're going, Shh. he's like, Shh, no, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, whoa, what's going on? But then like Book in Murder on the Orient Express, the guy that runs the train for his dad, mm. he's such a fun character to watch because you have this side by side, a really good person that wants everything to be, he just believes in good versus evil and mm-hmm. There's no in-between, and then you've got Book, who's just this rotten... The first time you see him, he's, he's with, a, with prostitute a prostitute trying to find a place in the bakery to yeah. go and take her. It's just, I love, even those small characters add so much to mm-hmm. these movies. And so, yeah, the characters, the the additions there. Um, the other one I want to talk about is Anna de Arma. So I had never seen her in anything that never. I remembered it's, her yep. in. Same. I found out she's in a bunch of little bit parts. Like she was in some movie with Keanu Reeves where they break into his house. And I don't even remember what it's called. You're saying it's not John Wick. No, <laughs> no not John Wick, thankfully. <laughs> but yeah, like so he, her and this other girl show up and break into his house. Anyway, they, she lets him in. Mm-hmm. And shenanigans ensue. And then it's it's a pretty dark movie. But I'd never seen her. But I love her in this movie. Other than the combo of the family, she really... I, every time she's on the screen, she sells me on this perfect, really nice person. Innocent, been put in a terrible position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She or the ransom. Chris Evans to me plays the perfect spoiled brat that's oh. had it all that wants more. Yeah, and that, I even took some notes about each one of these guys. So in their characters, it was really funny. Was, the acting's so good that Michael Sheen he's being the whiny, incompetent son. You got Tony Collette playing the free spirit and embezzling, like, embezzling freeloader. That's not even really it. She's a she's an in-law mm-hmm. that they've let stay. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, who is pretentious and cold, but at the same time, you have a couple moments where she shows some real emotion about her dad, which watching her was very... She loses her crap on the house when they all turn oh, back. Yeah. But we still have the house, and they turn silent. No. Yeah. And then she loses it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, and then when her husband, she finally reads the note at the end, uh, and, and uh, Don Johnson has got, he's got, they show him, and then it shows him later with a black eye, so she's thumped him after she figures out what the note was. They played their parts yep. so well that you just believe as you're watching it, which I just thought was a revelation. Agreed. I loved it. So Murder on the Orient Express, especially as the movie progressed, you start to feel for these characters as you realize their connection with this family, just tragedy that Johnny Depp's character caused. Like you said, you're introduced in different ways, and most of them it's just during the interview process. And they're so you can tell they're all lying mm-hmm. about something, but you don't know what. You're trying to figure out who did it and why. And then when you start to realize why this man was murdered, and then you start to make the connections with Kenneth Branagh's character with Poirot saying, oh, it's because each one of them was a part of this family or at least around this girl that was kidnapped in this family that suffered because of it. These are troubled people that you didn't know were troubled until you start mm-hmm. to piece it together. I really love that aspect of that. And by the end of the movie, you're just like, these are really good people, but they just slaughtered this dude in his sleep. I mean, how am I supposed to feel about that? So, Yeah, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because all of them are pretty well off and you wouldn't know what's under the surface. And I think the movie... Is really relatable to life that everyone's going through something. Mm-hmm. You just don't know about it. But this movie brings that to light where very successful people 
I've gone through a lot and sometimes it's terrible tragedies and it makes good people do bad things. And I mean, we'll, we'll get to the, that decision a bit, little a bit here, a little bit later, but I think the movie did a really good job in showing that progression and endearing you to the situation and help me explain why this act happened. I agree completely. So let's talk about the big reveal of each one. Yes. Which one did you like better? Talk to me about it. It's hard to say because they're so they're just so different. They're so different. I'll start with the Knives Out, um, just so I can end in the murder on the Orient Express. But it's all Knives Out is different. The the reveal is more intimate to a couple of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, where you've got LeBlanc, you've got Marta, you've got Ransom, and then you have the two detectives. And obviously, there's a for the moment where other family members come in, but it's after it's already happened and. Yeah. The it's it's LeBlanc going off on a tyrant, piecing things together where you hear his thought process. And it's it's really it's fun because then you have that that white detective that's like <laughs> that's when the moment comes. In. He's like, Shh, just let him keep going. Yeah. Like, and so it's it's all happening at that moment. But Ransom's still like he's still defiant and arrogant. He's like, nothing's going to happen to me. Like, I'm good. Like, he's, he's not going to figure this out. But then as it continues on. And then Marta does the one thing she hasn't been able to do before. She lies and tweaks her character and totally plays Ransom and yeah. beats him at Go, the, the game that uh, Ransom and Marta played uh, with Harlan. And and she figures out like, hey, if I'm going to beat this situation and come, come out on top, I need to do something that's a little bit out of character. But a lot of it's really focused on Blanc and his tirade. But then towards the end, I mean, this is where you just got to love what happens. Because Marta told the lie, if you guys watch the movie, she has to throw up. Yeah. But she hasn't thrown up it within the first five or ten seconds. And Ransom is like, well, he admits to it. He's like, well, all right, yeah, I did, ki- I did kill uh, – I can't remember, Franny. And he admits to that. And then he's like, all right. And then Marta's like, well, actually, she's dead. And then he's like, oh, F. And yeah. then it, <laughs> but then she throws up on him yeah. right in his face, just right in his face. And then grabs the, the knife and where the movie originally alludes to with Harlan talking about you can't tell the difference between a real and a fake knife. And he grabs the knife and tries to stab Marta, and it's fake. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like – he says, he says, shit. And yep. they pull him off, and then, then the family knows, hey, something's going on. And that's just that's just epic. And then quickly jumping in the burn, uh, I'll let you talk more about that one. But it reminded me of The Last Supper because they're all sitting mm-hmm. at that table. Uh, Perot's just looking at them, and it's obviously much more somber. It completely a serious moment, a dramatic moment, an emotional moment. Where And that's where I kind of wanted to highlight is just Knives Out to the End was funny and lighthearted when it was a very serious moment. But it kept it kind of fun and engaging and weird where Murder on the Orient Express as well kept it to its brand where it was grand, it was dramatic, the scene it painted, but it was also weighty and emotional. And both worked well to me. But if you had to say which one I enjoyed more, I mean, I'm going Knives Out again where it was just, I wanted to be there. Absolutely. No, I have to agree with you. And I, it's funny. So I had a moment today because I, like I said, I watched both of them twice. So as I watched Knives Out the second time, I realized the conversation between Harlan, Christopher Plummer, who just killed it in the five minutes he's in this movie, mm-hmm. and Marta, he literally reveals the whole plot, of, like the whole mystery of this movie in the part where there, he's talking to her as he's taking notes. He thinks he's going to die, right? And she's looking mm-hmm. for the drug to the naloxone to save him. And he goes through and he's taking notes about the fact that they're no, nobody's ever going to know. I got yep. 10 minutes. I can't call the police. The person that switched it, you'd never know that it was switched. And so he literally goes through Ransom's whole plan mm. at the beginning. And the second time I watched it, I went, 
shit. He just gave us the whole movie. Yeah. And I, I've watched it three times now, and I, and I never caught it until that third time. And I'm like, he literally just told us how this movie ends. But it's so thrilling to watch it happen. Like you said, it's mm -hmm. fun. It's enjoyable. It keeps you on your toes because you have no idea where Blanc's going with this whole thing. But also to your point, and this is where the place where I would probably be the only place we disagree in these two movies is, to me, I enjoy the reveal of... Murder on the Orient Express. It's the only thing that I like better about this movie. And the reason is, is because of how he puts them in a position to say, I've figured it out. You can save yourselves. All you have to do is shoot Oh, me, with the gun. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I love that he drops the bomb of every person in the in this room now is involved. And I didn't catch the visual of The Last Supper until you said that. And I went, oh, Just, shit. It, it really looks is. like that. Man. Yeah, it is set up that way. And here he is, he's, he's laying judgment at their feet, and then he gives them an out to see if they'll take it, which we'll get more into. Mm -hmm. But I really love that you said the weight of that reveal because it's not just about who did it. But I do love that he's also piecing it together as he's he knows someone's done it, and it takes him until that moment to realize all of them did it. And then you went, oh, shit, that's cool. But that whole weight, the emotional, and then watching Michelle Pfeiffer just be a genius when she pulls it off and you just realize she's the center of yep. this thing. I just love that moment in that movie. It's probably the only moment of that movie that I just go, I really love it. And I get all passionate about it. But that part, I do give that one to Murder on the Orient Express just because of how weighty that was. For See, me. when you put it that way, that for me, that is the part of the movie I enjoyed the most as well. But I guess I would still gravitate toward Knives Out. And I get that. It's a terribly fun and yes. entertaining piece of the movie. So we've kind of gone right there. Let's talk about the moral dilemma within these movies. What did you catch as far as some dilemmas between these two? Yeah, I would say Knives Out has a, a couple of dilemmas in the sense that Martyrs presented once the, the reading of the will has happened. Should I renounce what like the family wants or two, or should I keep this inheritance? But even previous to that, should she go along with Harlan's plan and just follow this or call the cops? And obviously we know what happens. Harlan makes a decision for her. But even then, yeah. after that, does she come clean? but she continues to ride through the process, but then is presented with another moral dilemma at the reading of the will and then deciding what to do after that with keeping or denying the inheritance. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she decides to keep it, but then even further with Ransom, when she's telling him what's going on, she can decide to tell him the truth or not tell him the truth, and she elects to do so. And then, But the other moral dilemma in that movie is with Lonk, when he there's a point with the to toxology report I believe he didn't have to necessarily help her at the end. He could have just said, case closed, I have my money, the family's going to be happy, no one's really going to care. But you could tell he was gravitating towards her because I think he knew, and there's probably a quote in there where he knew the family was just trash, and he realized she deserved to have the life she needed. And once he found out what was presented to him, like you talked about, the light bulb must have gone off in his head that there's enough here where I can save this girl, and mm -hmm. he decided to do so. So maybe there's a couple I'm missing in there, but Knives Out present a lot more of, of little, it's hard to say little more dilemmas, but more of a constant stream between different characters where to me, Murder on the Orient Express was two more of the dilemmas. The suspects, the individuals that lives were tarnished by Mr. Mr. Ratchet and the murder of the daughter and the, the mom dying and their reaction to it, what happened to them and then making the decision to kill him. And then with the detective Perot deciding Am I going to tell these the cops that these people are murderers or am I finally going to live with the mistake in my life and be okay with it? 
And to me, the moral dilemma of murder on the Orient Express, the way that they carry it, and the, as I keep talking about, the grand nature, the drama, they did a better job at carrying that through the movie where Knives Out, you could tell there was more dilemmas, but they definitely made it more of a comedy, made it more satire, where you never felt like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen to Marta or Blanc made the decision to defend her. Those are things I thought about after where it was clearly in your face with Murder on the Orient Express. I agree completely. I, the moral piece for me with Knives Out is fun to watch because you have this just basically morally bereft family. <laughs> like, like there, There's very little, if any, moral ground for them to stand on. Money. So, you know, true. That's what they <laughs> care about is money and, and getting more of it and taking advantage of their father slash grandfather. I, and you can see that really clearly with the children. Meg, the daughter of Tony Collette's character, mm-hmm. she outs to the family the fact that Marta's mother is an illegal immigrant in order to try to make sure that she can go to school. And I'm sitting here going, okay, look, you've already established that this family, she cares about this family more than just Harlan. So for her to go, I need to make sure that I get this money enough to put this fa- this woman who I supposedly care about's family in jeopardy when... If you think about it, this woman's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. She's going to take care of this whole family. Even at the end of this movie, after everything that they've done to her, she asks Blanc, she says, this family, I, I feel like I should take care of them. And he looks at her and is like, I have my opinions, but you're going to do what you're going to do because yeah. you have a huge heart, which he brings up a lot. So I love at the very end, the fact that it seems like she's leaning into this family can get effed. Yeah, when she has the mug that says, my coffee my house, I think it says my rules or yep. whatever. Uh, yeah, it's the cup. On the, the balcony. And Fran's getting ready to take that mug up to Harlan when she finds him dead. So she takes that mug. I do. I love that she's got that mug. She's standing Power out there. Play. They're outside. He, she's standing on the balcony. And I, yeah, I, so I love that part. But you're right. The dilemma that's shown between two things, right? You have this family and then you have Poirot. And for me, it was very poignant to watch Poirot go from someone at the beginning of the movie, one of his very first not solving a crime lines is there's good and evil. There's nothing in between. And then he has to make a decision Mm -hmm. around, and I thought of us, our conversation about the Witcher, right? So this lesser evil, because what he did is not right. It's wrong in, especially in his own moral compass and what he does. And he now has to live with that, which this is a man that stepped in camel shit on both feet to balance his life. Right? So (laughs) This isn't a guy that's making that decision lightly. So watching that change with him and then the change of the family members, people surrounded by this daughter and this young girl, that one is much more weighty. Without a doubt. But they, I mean, but that's what I think both movies did well. They played to their strengths. Mm -hmm. And that's where ultimately it's hard to say which one did I like better because I feel like they're both very different movies. What I would say to that is, which one would I watch again and be entertained mm-hmm. time after time? You know what I'm going to say. It's going to be Knives Out. Sure. Just by the nature of it where with Murder on the Orient Express, it was something I was talking to my, my wife about where it, since it's so heavy and it is a little, it's slower paced by nature and I know what's going to happen at the end, the rewatchability isn't as there for me because the suspects as we talked about, there's not as much that they can give me because their roles, albeit good, they serve a purpose where in Knives Out, just the nuanced relationships of the family, there's so many little things to pick out and being endeared to Marta, to Blanc, to just the family itself. To me, there's just so much more there to see and rewatch and moments to to laugh about and enjoy where Murder in the Orient Express is a great movie and a great story, but it's not something I want to turn to time and time again. 
that was a big thing for me. And I was telling you before we started that I love doing these comparisons because as I sit and watch, Orient, Orient Express was not a movie that I loved. I watched it in the theater because it's a great story. Mm-hmm. And I've, like I said, I've read the book years and years ago. I watched the, the older movie as a child. And so I was really excited by all the actors because I love most of them. But as I walked out, I was like, ah, it was good, but I'm not going to watch it again. And so watching it again, but next to Knives Out, I'd watch Knives Out any day of the week. Definitely. Because it's just, like you said, it's fun. It's a movie you could put on in the background and it can, you do a chore and then come back and be like, oh, this scene, like I got to sit down where Murder in the Orient Express, like there's not a lot there except the end where you'd be like, all right, I need to, whatever I'm doing, I'm stopping. Yeah. Because it's that weighty and yeah. that beautiful of a scene. But I do have a more of an appreciation for Orient Express after watching it side by side with Knives Out because mm-hmm. Knives Out was so fun and so entertaining, but detecting part was... It was just kind of everything fell into place. There wasn't really a lot of work that happened to get there. And so it made me really appreciate what Poirot is a character and his interview skills and his ability to see the things that mm. other people don't. It made that much more fun to watch. So I don't, I think if I ever were like, I'm going to watch Orient Express, I'd watch it after watching Knives Out <laughs> just so that I have that comparison because to me it made it a better movie, which I never thought that would happen. To where one would make the other a better movie for me, watching them together. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Well, but. I feel like we're at a logical place to to give our ratings and then mm-hmm. just reiterate our second watch and set. So I'll start just kind of going through both. For me, Murder on the Orient Express, I'm going to give it a solid four. It is a great movie. Great characters, great acting, plot. I mean, everything we've talked about, we've only had good things to say. But where the rewatchability, worth the second watch, I'm going to say it is worth the second watch. I I can't not say that. But it's not worth multiple second watches. And then jumping into Knives Out for me, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I I love this movie. It's the same things I loved about Murder Orient Express. It's just, I resonate more with kind of, it it reminded me of Clue, but more of a, a, a better acted Clue more endearing in the, the moral dilemma and for that just all around enjoyed it and for that matter with a the second watch without a doubt definitely worth the second watch in my opinion so let me talk about orient express first i give i'm with you i give it a solid four i really enjoy the movie especially now and the the acting is so good i give that a four because mm-hmm. i just enjoyed it and would i watch it again i would like, i don't know that i'd ever sit and go ooh, I really need to watch Orient Express. But mm-hmm. if someone were like, oh, we should watch it, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it because I can enjoy it. Knives Out, I never thought I would give a perfect score, but I'm going to give a five. Hey, I was close. And, and it, for me, that's surprising because I can Ladies usually Ladies and gentlemen, that's our first plus, five. It is our first five. Whoa. And I never thought that I would be the one to give it because I usually, do, I usually can find a flaw with a movie. And while I can find little flaws, there's not many and they're all nitpicky as hell. I have never been as consistently entertained through three watchings of a movie as I am with Knives Out and still catch little things that I didn't. Wow. So it, it's a five. For that's me. what I'm taking away. First five. I know. That, that's big. It's, that, that huge, is, it's bonkers. I can't wait to text the group. Be like, we had our first five. <laughs> got our five, boys. Woo. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I got, I, I got to be honest. If I could, if we were allowed to do the Javier 4.8, 4.9, yeah. I'd definitely be I would right too. there. Yeah. Oh, man. And First, I think that if we had 4.8, 4.9, I probably wouldn't have been a perfect five. Yeah. But keeping with but the I get you. Of, I get, yeah, I have wow. to give it a five because I'd lean that hard into it. Ladies and gentlemen, I, you guys can't see, but my face, I'm just smiling right now. I'm, yeah. I'm shocked. Oh. Well, my face is red. I'm almost embarrassed <laughs> by the fact that I gave a perfect score. I can feel, but I, I would watch this movie anytime. Agreed. Without a doubt. No question. Having, it's then entertaining. I've only I rewatch it for for this again, but having just rewatched it, it is when I said to me a, a make a marking of a good movie. If I'm willing to watch it when just put it on in my house, 
where I'm doing things and going and coming back in and coming back out. It takes a great movie to be able to do that. I'm talking like Dark Knight, Braveheart, The Patriot, thing, or Saving Private Ryan, things like that. This movie, albeit very different than those movies I referenced, is a it's up there. It's yeah. it's close. Great movie. It's amazing. So, I love it. I'm just I'm blown away. I, know, I didn't think too. we were going to get that today. I didn't either. Well, so and, I'm, and I, it was kind of a last minute decision for me, but I'm, I'm I had to go with it. It was a five. I'm really excited because they're making sequels to both these movies. But they are to to Orient Express. So Orient Express is a. It was the a middle book of Agatha Christie's series for Perot, is, Poirot. There's so another Kenneth one. Branoff is going to play. Oh. Yeah, he's he's directing oh. it. So they just they announced that I think it's coming next year, either late this year or early next year. And it's you know how he gets off the train and at the end they're like, yeah, hey. So they're going to do that. Yeah, they're doing oh. Death on the Nile. So I'm going to. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm and they they just greenlit a sequel for Knives Out. I figured they were going to do it because it did well and it made money yeah. and it critically acclaimed as well. Yeah. So, but it's going to be. Blanc in a different yes. situation. Yes, so it's a different story, and that it'll be completely away from this family. See, that's where Blanc. that one. I'm definitely more like is it could be bad because yeah. you don't where with the next whatever the it's not going to be the Orient Express. It's going to be Kenneth Branagh being pro. That movie is probably going to be very good because he, he carries is the, it. He yeah. is the movie. Absolutely, that's really interesting. But the cast, so they've announced the cast for it, and it's ridiculous. Oh, I don't have man. it in front of me, and I'm that's not going to look it up. Now. But it, the cast for Death on the Nile is insanely good too. Just like Orient Express. Well, both of these movies, there's the type of one. If you're a good actor, like these are ones where you can come in and play your part, play it well, make your little bit of money, and just enjoy acting with other good actors. Yeah, and you want to be part of this kind of ensemble. All right, folks, that's our comparison. So just a quick reminder, you can find us where all fine podcasts are available, um, as well as all social media platforms. So we're going to get Facebook, Instagram, Twitter all up and running. We'll be there. Uh, that'll be at What's Our Verdict. You can also email us at hosts at whatsourverdict.com, as well as check out our website at What's our verdict.com? Yeah, we're always open to you guys have some movie ideas. Oh, throw them our way. Love it. Yeah, plus give us some reviews. We'd love a five star review. We'd love some feedback if you have any. Feel free to email us, shoot out to us. Uh, we'd love to see it all. So thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy these movies, they're great. Peace out. Bye.